We're here at AM 1030, The Voice, trusted source for local news and talk. This is Around the Table. I'm Jennifer English. With me in the studio is my guest, co-host, celebrated chef, friend, and uh, just all-around awesome human being. Manushka Garrier is here with her crew on her international tour that is taking her through the western states. From here, she's going up to, I think you're going to swing through Sedona again, because I think it was so good. But then yeah. you're going on to Utah. Then on to Utah. <laughs> and you got Colorado. You got a big tour. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. And then in the studio, in the co-host seat on Friday, this has been literally 10 years in the making. This is a partnership. In the world of arranged marriages, we, we might be, this might be. You think? I don't know. I've been through everybody else. Let's try these. I mean, I literally think in the world of arranged marriages, this was the one that said, you will never see this. And I said, I don't know. That's right. You look across the room and he's like, I want that one. I want that one. She shall be mine. (laughs) (laughs) The one and only Matt Russell. Jennifer English, uh, as she lives and she breathes, this has been, as you said, uh, over a decade in the making. You know, typically, Chef, uh, Jennifer and I are are not in the same room at the same time for For national national security purposes. Purposes, but uh, we're violating international <laughs> protocol right now by being in the very presence of each other under the same roof. So, uh, my my lovely friend, thank you so much for uh, squeezing me into your very busy day. No, my no, no. L- l- listen, let's just talk about the fact that that uh, this goes back and and in Tucson, Arizona, in Tucson Talk, and we've got a very special guest who's going to join us momentarily in Tucson Talk Radio about food and drink. When you go and you look back, we all sort of come from the same place. And we have mentors in common. We have friends in common. Tucson is a one degree of separation kind of town. Frankly, I almost called this show one degree of separation. (laughs) That would have worked, yeah. Uh, And one of the things that you and I have in common is our friend Alan Zeman and and the original On the Menu Live. And when he went on his next adventure and you came to the microphone and you you made the pie bigger for us all. And as the conversation about food continued to happen, rooted here in Tucson, Arizona, as the practitioners on both the food and drink side were making global news, national news, and people didn't understand how this little city in the 51st or 52nd market in the country was punching way above its weight class, culinarily and gastronomically speaking. And we're talking 20 plus years ago now. Why was the James Beard foundation paying a little bit attention oh because janos wilder was rocking right. it and why were all these things happening and people were like really you got to do a show in, in tucson arizona i said watch me <laughs> i know something you don't know yet and i can't wait to show it to you and share it with you and the world has uh, by the way they're all here right now the yep. delice network is all here right now so what we know about this special place it is one of the most delicious places on the planet. No, no question about it. And, and you know, we talk about founding fathers when we think about the history of our country. When you're thinking of food journalism, uh, I am in the presence of the founding mother because what you did, lo, these many years ago. Uh, it was you, almost a hundred. You, 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 you said yes to story. Now, the ironic thing is, as you know, I my day job, I run a public relations firm. So uh, my life is about story. And when we look at using the media to help to find the story behind the food and the drink, but to help bring that out uh, and tell the stories of the practitioners behind the dishes and the drinks. That's what makes for real stories. So you never 
on the radio talked about, and the uh, so-and-so cafe's meatloaf is going to be on special on Thursday for three ninety-nine. So go over there and see my friend. That let other people do that. Or let's you, get the uh, you recipe. You want to find the fascination. Let's or let's make sweaty balls. <laughs> or let's like <laughs> sweaty balls. Yes. So let let SNL do that. But but Jennifer English. Uh, stepped out onto this stage uh, decades ago and said, you know what, there is something about this town that we all love. And and food as an interconnected discipline for us to rally around. Uh, and that makes for great story. It makes for great radio. So I say as just another another player in the in, in, in on the cast for 10 years I hosted uh, that uh, on the menu live show and and I tried to kind of hold the spirit that you created mm-hmm. to find out what is the fascination behind the food and the ingredients in the story when you know, we're going to be talking about agave you know, all week you've been talking about it on this show you know I love a wonderful tequila mezcal bacanora it's wonderful we're going to sip a little bit here in a minute but what I love to hear about is the stories of the hard working humidors you know sweating under the mexican sun to harvest those agave plants I mean, that's like a bucket list thing for me to actually go down to a Jalisco uh, and, uh, and, and, and hold these shovels and, and work with these hardworking men and women. Those are the stories that I love to, to tell because those are the things that ultimately end up with the blessing, if you will, right. for us to be able to lift a glass and, and say salute to these families. The thing that unites us, food and drink unites us. The humanity of it unites us. Yeah. The conviviality yes. that's oh. born of the hospitality, the act of hospitality the act of welcoming someone into your home, like, welcome to my home. Welcome. Look what I have for you. I went and got the most delicious Santa Maria in the state oh. made by Barbecue for You. Oh, my goodness. And, oh, no, and so, okay. I'm, I'm literally sharing it with you right now so you have a little taste of Tucson and a little taste of what's going on. But, but Matt, I want to just finish this before we welcome uh, my next guest. Because sure. you had mentioned to me something about Kentucky Derby and wanted to do mint juleps and I kind of said oh no but I had something in mind Mm -hmm. the first year we were honored by the James Beard Foundation was for our Kentucky Derby show Mm. it is a very special thing for me it was always and always will be a special thing for me and so immediately I called Doc DeFeo and I said Doc Uh will you come and talk through making a mint julep because magic happens when He's with us. And so when we talk about the fact that one of the greatest that's ever mixed in this town of Tucson, Arizona, has gone and opened up what has quickly become a place that is being whispered about being honored as the best new bar in the United States yeah. at the Spirited Awards, that Little Rituals, Dr. Fayo's place, is doing everything right, but there's no surprise there. So we're going to talk to him in just a minute. So excited. But something happened, and they changed formats on a station that you were on, and you didn't get your your show that you've had for 10 years, and everybody is missing you. And literally, in that moment, was about the same time when I was being asked if I would co-host a different show, but it wasn't my show, so I couldn't invite you on. And, right. And our co-host now wants you on. And so all these things had to like line up just right. So when we say that this is 10 years in the making, it really kind of is, wow. that we're both here at the same time, when you and I can be in the same room at the same time and have this conversation and why it will work. And here's why it will work. (laughs) It will work because the stories are not about you. The stories are not about me. You and I do the work we do in decidedly different styles with a different everything, but we do the same work with the same intention, which is it's not about us. It's about people like Manushka right. who work really hard, who make the capital F 
fine art mm. of hospitality and conviviality, food and drink come to life every day. Those are the stories. That's the point. That's a, it's an enriching story that you've just told and an encouraging one, frankly, because when you think about food and media, the, especially if you're, if you're looking at the, the, the syndicated programs on television, uh, you know, there's a bit of a risk that's being taken in production suites across the country because food has become, a, you know, entertainment driven kind of discipline and chefs, you know, I, 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 I love our chefs here in, in Southern Arizona. I love our chefs all, all over the Grand Canyon state. Uh, you know, you'll encounter some chefs, uh, you know, ar- around the different parts of the country that you know right away, Jennifer, are kind of in it for the wrong reasons. And it can't be about ego. It can't be about personality. It can't be about show factor. Um, uh, it, the story always has to be about the art and the craft. And that's what I, uh, you know, tried to do over the 10 years uh, uh, on air. It's what I try to do in my in my Inside Tucson business column that publishes every other week. Um, I try to dig in and find the fascination. It's not about me. Like you said, it's not about you. It's about the story. Because that's what matters to the public. That's what matters. That's what resonates. That's what's resonant uh, to the people that we are out to uh, help inspire. Dr. Feo has for many years been one of the people who kept Tucson, Arizona connected to the global cocktail revolution as Mm -hmm. it happened. As things emerged out of New Orleans, Louisiana at Tales of the Cocktail from that very first session, that very first seminar that we did at the apothecary museum where there were like a hundred of us geeks in the room and i was really honored to have been invited to be on that seminar panel talking about proper cocktails in that first iteration and when conversations about the necessity of fresh squeezing juice took place Mm. and i came back from new orleans and this young guy at the hotel congress was like can we talk and he said can i make you something and he blew my mind he blew my mind with his passion, his knowledge, his interest, and his talent. He has subsequently become one of the leading cocktailians in the country. And it's our great honor and pleasure to welcome him back to our shows. Dr. Feo, welcome and congratulations on Little Rituals. Hey, thank you so much, Jennifer. Um, can you hear me? Am I can I hear you great. You sound oh, awesome. Wonderful. Matt, it's great to great to hear your voice too, and uh, you know everyone in the studio. I'm I'm really uh, I'm honored to be uh, in the radio presence of so many great luminaries in the business, and uh, just thank you for having me on at such short notice. Listen, I'm thrilled you're here to talk about the Kentucky Derby. As you know, Bob Baffert, one of the greatest trainers of the moment, going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's done it all. Uh, he's a Tucsonan, and the Tucson Kentucky Derby mint julep. Connection screamed Dr. Feo. So we reached out to you, and I want you to help us understand how this moment in time, this early May in Tucson, Arizona, might just be the best moment in time for Tucson Mint, which would make us maybe one of the best places in the country. Because I know the mint's not grown in New England right now. We might have we we might have the best mint in the country right now. You know, and that's and that's probably true. And I think a lot of it stems from the fact that you know we're just starting to see those temperatures start climbing but it's the the heat has not become abusive sort of the um, and we still have cool nights and so i think the combination of that and just you know it's just something about you know the perfect you know amount of humidity in the air and everything i think you know now is the time and and, and there's never been a better time to have yourself a mint julep too because uh, as as we'll soon see we'll we'll be facing those 100 degree temperatures and um and and there's nothing maybe there's no drink perhaps more refreshing in the world than a mint julep. Um, and it always has been uh, that way for 
for well over, you know, 100 and, you know, probably 150 years at this point. Um, what's the key to picking the right bourbon for a mint julep? Is the bourbon the key or is the mint the key? Because uh, this is basically a two-ingredient uh, drink. Yeah, you know, you, you essentially, all you're doing is, it's, think, of a, think of a mint julep as an old-fashioned where you're replacing the bitters element with, with the mint element. So the mint has to be good. I mean, if we're if if you have limp um, mint that's been crushed up, um, as you know, when you rub the surface of mint, you're you're revealing all those wonderful oils. But if you if you ball it up in a bag or you you know you don't keep it nice and you, know, you have to give it room to breathe. Essentially, if you smush it too much and release too much of that oil, you won't get that really fresh mint bouquet that you need on a mint julep. So and that's why so really you need just, the paper towel method. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and, and I think when you when you're making a mint julep, you, those three ingredients, which would be bourbon or some sort of spirit, mint, and then uh, a, a source of sugar, just enough sugar to just enough sugar to sweeten it up and make it palatable. And I think the fourth, maybe the fourth ingredient that we don't think about is the ice, mm-hmm. the ice element. Yes, because yeah. it just it just doesn't do to take some ice out of your refrigerator and throw it into a cup. Um, you can use from your refrigerator, but really the key to a great mint julep is getting that ice crushed up. Now, if, you're, if your refrigerator has an ice crusher, which I think most do if they have an ice dispensing machine, that does a great job of it. But that frozen, um, the frozen concoction is really is really where the magic happens. And I think on your on your point of, of how do you choose the best bourbon, um, I think it definitely needs to be a little bit higher proof than than eighty. Um, I think a lot of sort of lower end bourbons tend to be around 80, um, but you want something with a little bit more character because it's going to shine through all of that ice and it's the star. I mean, it's a, you know, aside from the mint, it's very naked in this drink. And so it needs to be, uh, it needs to be able to stand up on its own. Doc, uh, it's Matt Russell. Uh, I, I can almost assure you that, uh, if, uh, if someone likes a bourbon closer to 80 than 92 proof, they're certainly not listening to this show. This is a high spirit show. <laughs> well, I just want to, I just want to get that on, uh, on the table, around the table, but I, I'm glad you brought, uh, you brought up proof when you're picking out the right bourbon to capture this moment, this heritage, this culture uh, of the Kentucky Derby. But across the spectrum of bourbons, of course, Bourbon has to be, by federal law, 51% corn, and then you can do whatever you want with the rest of the 49%, but we have uh, high rye bourbons, where rye comprises uh, uh, most of the other 49%. We've got weeded uh, you know, bourbon, like a maker's mark. Uh, if I wanted to be Dr. Feo for one day uh, tomorrow, uh, as I'm picking out my bow tie for the occasion, uh, and I wanted to hustle up the right bourbon, uh, where, in, in terms of the, the mash bill, uh, where do you like your bourbon for this cocktail? Um, I, I, I tend to, you know, I like a little bit of rye in there. This, you know, gives it a little bit of character. It should have some malt in there too. Uh, malt is kind of one of those things that you don't talk about a lot with bourbon, but it really is, uh, you know, a malted barley. Like, you know, you want maybe a bourbon that's got a little bit of malted barley. It's kind of that, uh, you know, it adds a little bit more complexity to have, you know, three grains. Now you could take a hundred percent corn and you could, um, you could ferment that and you could distill it and you could make yourself a bourbon at 100% corn and it's going to have a very, very specific flavor profile that lends more towards the sweet, um, lends, lends a little bit more towards an oily uh, mouthfeel. But, you know, adding that because malt is always a more difficult grain to use, it always ends up yielding some of the best results, as we know from whiskey across the world, um, single malt scotches, 
um, all the all of the the wonderful whiskeys coming out of Japan and and, and yes. Taiwan. And, you know, it's it's got it's got this wonderful fruity character in the malt that sort of reveals itself. And I think you know you want something that's got a little bit of malt to it. So like. Bur- uh, Woodford Reserve being one of those bourbons that I yeah, tend to. I was going to say yeah. that's that's my Kentucky Derby go-to. You know, I think for a reason they've 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 cornered a lot of market on it, and as you you probably know, they they serve a lot of their old Forester Mark um, at the actual Derby. Um, a lot of, a lot for convenience, but also because they make a fantastic product as well. I think Brown Foreman has really has deep roots in that event. Um, and in making whiskeys that are suitable for mint juleps. So I think most of the things out of their line, the old Forster um, series, and then also Woodford Reserve, Chris Morris is the master distiller there. Yeah, and he's just yeah. an absolute genius. So um, whenever he touches something, I tend to, <laughs> I tend to not argue with him <laughs> and have a glass. Dr. Feo, we've got less than a minute left, and I want you to invite everybody up to Little Rituals and tell them what it is. Oh, wonderful. Uh, Little Rituals, it's about a 75-seat bar that we've opened in downtown Phoenix. In the, uh, It's actually inside of a Marriott, sort of tucked away. You wouldn't know that it's there. It's on the fourth floor. But uh, we've got a, a 30 cocktail, we think was pretty tight in comparison to our sister bar, Bitter and Twisted, that's got about 80 cocktails. And we're really just trying to push the boundaries of what a, what a bar can be. And I think when you step in, it, it sort of takes you away from Phoenix and takes you away from from like a corporate hotel setting and you find something that's very unique. Um, and I, I think I would love to see each and every person from Tucson come up and try it because I think there's so many great elements of Arizona in that bar. Um, we've got some amazing artwork on the wall that really just encapsulates what it's like to be an Arizonan. And I'm always going to be a Tucsonan at heart. In fact, uh, if you're still around today, I will be down in Tucson tonight making a special appearance uh, at the Agave Heritage Festival. Hey, we'll get to see you. What a surprise. Dr. Feo, thank you so much. And when our friend Manushka Garrier goes back up to Phoenix, we're going to have her come by. Which Marriott is it? Uh, it's the uh, the Courtyard Residence uh, Marriott on Central and, um, Central and Madison. I love it. Dr. Feo, thanks so much. Thank you. Great to talk to you, brother. All right, before we take our very next break, I want to wrap it back up. Chef Manushka Garrier is here on her global tour of the American West. She built this bespoke RV around the kitchen in the RV. She goes to Bo McMillan's Nirvana event. She does a couple of uh, big, tasty things there. She is in her RV. She comes back out. She's had a little problem, uh, and she's had a fire. So the RV... Which she's named Sawyer, which yeah. is a family name of mine, which is another reason. I, you know, just it's all these things, coincidences. So she couldn't bring the RV. So, but she still came to see us, and she's here in the studio. And I am thrilled you're here. I am thrilled to be here. And you're here. I'm going to have you pull that microphone real close to you there. And I, I want you to to with my friend Matt Russell because he's like the ultimate Tucson guy. Mm-hmm. And he's going to appreciate this part of our story that I know, but he might not know because he might not realize that for many years as you were private chefing and on Food Network and and having the career that you've enjoyed, that you were always bringing, you were always striving in this realm of authenticity and hospitality. And I just wanted to give you the chance to talk about what you were doing up with Bo McMillan because you and Bo became friends and he's brought you out to this. No, it's, it's, it's the first time I met Bo as well. In person. In person. Bo and I, when we were on Food Network, we were on the same. Our shows were the first season that same year. Right. 
and we had been Facebook friends for the longest, for almost 10 years, and now we just finally met. I want to get into this because, Matt, what you're witnessing here is like this brand new 21st century phenomenon of I'm meeting a friend for the first time that I've known for many years. Exactly. Now, exactly. Now, how, how do you how do you help us explain this? Because you're a media guy. You run a public relations company. You know, you're originally from Washington. You understand power and news and all this <laughs> stuff. And yeah. and this is like a brand new phenomenon. How, how do you help us understand? How do you help the audience understand that this is going to happen more and more and more? Yeah, we, because we, yeah, it all it all gets back back to connect, connection. And once you have that connection, you have that opportunity for a conversion. And so you don't have to be in the same room at the same time to connect with somebody. You know, I, uh, some of my dearest friends today uh, and colleagues in the in the communications uh, uh, arena are, are folks that I met on Twitter, are mm-hmm. folks that I met on Instagram. Uh, and you just sort of know when that moment comes. And now, is this the historic moment for the two of you? This yeah. is the historic okay, so this, face. Is, this is exactly what I'm talking about. You'd never know it if you were the uh, casual observer sitting around the table. Right. Uh, you'd think you were fast friends for years. So that's but, the but, phenomenon. But we are. You yeah, are, are, exactly. And, are. and so th- this is sort of that, that capture moment that makes that connection honest and real and authentic because it's like, well, yeah, duh. Well, that's the issue with social media. It's like it makes you feel like you're connected with someone, but you're not. It's at arm's length distance. I, I'm old school. I like I like to be face to face. Do you think that that it's the fact that, you know, we're we're both older than 30 or that we come from a culinary background and we have so many friends experiences in common or that we've actually grown our own relationship through the use and communication through social media, through what we've disclosed, what we've shared. Yeah, it's definitely the latter. It's definitely the latter. Um, just the fact that you're able to care about someone and communicate beautifully with someone. And granted, like you don't know each other, know each other, but you know each other. Right. I mean, that's unusual. So we have a present here from Ooh. our friends at uh, El Charo from Charo Steak, where the yeah. our, our good friends. Two and people yes. tell me I need to go to El Charo. Oh, yes. My yes. Gosh. No, well, you do. And oh, Chef Carlotta Flores. <laughs> Uh, has invited you, uh, the, the team that's there. That is going to knock you out. It's so good. And the Charo Del Rey, the new restaurant, and the oh Charo goodness. family, they're actually opening a new restaurant on Mother's Day. Yep. Uh, Charo uh, Sorry, Vida, but on an Oracle. Um, and, uh, you know, Gary that's Hickey awesome. and the uh, back of the house team have really been working hard on putting a menu together. But, uh, uh, yeah, so you, you, Chef, have now had a taste uh, of Tucson in a way that uh, that you know we, we we really like to provide that authentic experience for first time visitors. But as but, you, but that's it's all Carlotta. There, there I, it is. I mean, it's all we all. I mean, if you want to if you want to tie us all back on the on the cooking side, everybody almost has all their roots going back to Escoffier. She's our Escoffier. She's yes. she's our yes. she's our mother. I mean, she is the, she is our everything. Uh, in this community, uh, the example that she sets as she leads by example, as as these these extraordinary moments uh, of welcoming anybody that's come to town, she makes them feel so welcome because you're part of our food world. Thank we you. welcome you, and part talk, of the family. Talk about a connection there. So there's a connection with people that I haven't met. When I walked into the studio and saw you for the first time, I didn't. I mean, it was just, and I, you know, I could get spiritual um but please they're, do they're, because that's the point okay, that's so, what we're trying to do so actually. it's kind of hard to describe to people that aren't but when but i knew we've never met but i knew the moment i walked in here just looking at your radiance and i felt your spirit and what is the i mean and i literally for for you listeners out there this is not a joke this is not a game this is not staged i literally fell to my knees and so we embraced we hugged around the table 
that Jennifer English has created and shared something that we didn't know we were going to share, but it's that connection that we had with each other that we had to discover once we were in each other's presence, and that's what happened. But that was the magic. That was the magic. And yep. magic, you can't, you can't make magic happen. You can invite it. You can create the sacred space in which magic can happen. Right. You can you can manifest it. You can intend it. You can you can say all you can do every day I walk into this or any studio or anywhere I go in the world, I do the same thing. I say, you know, I'm open to what's gonna happen. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I, and openness is what it is. And 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 I invite it and I welcome it and and I trust and have faith. I am a person of great faith. Yes, and and when yeah. and when we come in, we have faith that a magical show is going to happen. Yes, <laughs> and that everybody that needs to hear everything that we're doing will hear it, and that all the intention that we bring to this effort to help people enjoy Tucson more, discover the things that taste best, learn about what's going on, learn about why on Cinco de Mayo, if you're not going to Boca Taco, everybody's talking about going to the McCoy Hotel or the McCoy Motel. Yes. That's, I mean, everybody I respect is like, you going to McCoy? I'm like, I don't know, am I? Yeah. Uh, yes. But the reason we do this is because I truly have the intention to help. I know you do too. Right. Again, we take this opportunity. And and again, in, we're going to segue in segments. We're going to take a very quick break in a few minutes. Then Mo Goldman's going to join us, and we're going to talk about a different side of the hospitality industry and our location here at the border and a very international aspect, Love it. something that sort of taps into your public policy yes. and communication in D.C. roots. But I want you to talk about what you brought because, again, this is something where we – we have to thank the Flores family. We do, and what are, and I was about to say what a remar- remarkable coincidence that we're talking about the Flores family. There's but no coincidence. I don't. Uh, uh, there is nothing. Coincidence is nothing. It's out of my vocabulary, out of my vernacular. Um, it was the Flores family who first introduced me to what is now uh, has become uh, my favorite uh, tequila. Um, and uh, you know, I'm I'm not a big mass-produced tequila guy. And normally, I try to stay local. There's only one distiller that uh, that that is uh, distilling an agave spirit. Can't call it tequila because it's done up here on this side of the border versus down south. Um, uh, but I ran out of that because it's so good. Three wells. But this is the Quotiga 1530. So the uh, Quotiga is, uh, is from uh, Amatitan. Uh, which is right deep in the heart of of, uh, of Jalisco, uh, and this is um, this is just family craft artisan tequila. You want to know what tequila they're drinking in Mexico? And this, this is the is the kind. This is the Codigo 1530. Um, and once uh, Gary Hickey uh, uh, raised a glass and invited me to join him for a toast, uh, I was a convert. So I would invite you to take a. a well, I'm going to take a sniff, and I'm going to share this. And then share that out. So we're with, talking about my seven year agave. Whoa. Okay, oh, wow. just just grown beautifully just wild. This caramel nose is a, is a knockout. You've absolutely hit it right on the head. Organic uh, baker's yeast. They age this at, well, we should say they rest. Oh, wow, this smells uh, amazing. They rest uh, this for 18 months in uh, in um, uh, French white oak. Uh, so as you begin to, like you said, you always begin with the fragrance, with the nose. This and is a right vanilla. Away, How did it achieve that color, though? Yeah, uh, well, Through the oak. Through the white oak. Yeah, so it's the same tequila that they use in the silver and the Thank blanco, you. but that's not aged at all. Uh, then okay. it, and th- So in the aging process, then uh, it goes into the oak, uh, and then maybe three to six months in aging, that's called a reposado, which means rested uh, in Spanish. And then the uh, longer it ages, the deeper the hue gets. So when you get to that 18, 20-month-in oak, as Jennifer said, caramel, honey, vanilla. Again, it's the same and then, spirit that and the then Blanco a little, is. And a little raspberry. And a, oh, okay. Sniff that. Okay. There's some fruit in that. Okay. There's some beautiful. That is raspberry. That's the raspberry, raspberry note. 
Is that chocolate as well? Mm -hmm. Okay, so there is this ongoing debate up at the Arizona State Legislature (coughs) for what should be Arizona's official beverage. And with no disrespect to the to the, the the child who is leading a campaign to make lemonade the official beverage of the state of, of Arizona, I love the little kid. I think it's a great story to tell. I you know I did lemonade stands as a kid. My kids did lemonade stands. Great story. But when you're thinking about sense of place, when you're thinking about what Arizona stands for at the center of the glass, it's not lemonade. Nay, uh, it is the manifestation of the artistry of the humidors down in Mexico, and we live in the international capital of agave spirit. So whether it's the margarita, whether it's the just the, the native spirit of the agave, agave has to be a part of a cultural conversation about what Arizona's official beverage is going to be. And I suggest uh, that uh, we need to send a bottle of the Codiga 1530 to every single elected official up in, uh, <laughs> up in Phoenix and begin a conversation around their table. Okay. About what we need to do to make uh, uh, tequila see, the al- centerpiece. See, I'm also ready to go in the horchata direction. Oh, okay. I'm not. Okay, I'm not going to fight I'm you. I'm sorry. I, no, no apologies necessary. But you I never think- have to apologize to me. But horchata, you want to talk about a heritage beverage as well. And then, and then I, I'm also going to make an argument because I can't ever make up my mind. I'm prepared to say Arbuckle's Cowboy Coffee. Oh. Okay. Deserves at least, uh, you know, when you're voting for the Hall of Fame in baseball, because I know you're a baseball guy. That's Huge. the other thing I love about you. Yeah. <laughs> and I love them O's. And oh, I'm a Red Sox right fan. To my, but right isn't to everything made heart. out here with like prickly pear, though? Mm-hmm. Hasn't that Pink, been? Yeah, that's the, true. The that's prickly true. pear caucus is a busy group but of people, they, let me assure <laughs> you. When, when they vote, we're having way too much fun here <laughs> on Around the Table with the one and only Matt Russell. <laughs> Mo Goldman, we've got to bring in this conversation. But when we're talking about baseball and we're talking about these things, and unmistakably, when we talk about these things, we have the Hall of Fame. And when you're talking about the Hall of Fame, you'll have a bunch of guys on the ballot, and then you vote. And if you get enough votes, so I think the guys that need to be on the the ballot for this are the Hortata, yes, Hamayaka, oh, yes. Cowboy Coffee, yes, particularly the Arb. I'm still a fan of the Arbuckles. I'm big EXO, but but still, I'm right with you with the agave spirits. I'm mm. not arguing. As the co-founder of the World Margarita Championships, yeah. <laughs> I have to say, I put margaritas on that list, and then yes, it kills two did. birds with one stone. <laughs> and I don't think lemonade's inappropriate, but I can make a lot of arguments about other things that are just as delicious. And people aren't going to travel. Something about lemonade screams to me the American South. You know, it's yeah. like saying we're going to co-opt sweet tea to do this. <laughs> right. It's not going to happen. That's you you can't. Happen. There you would know. be rebellion no. in the streets of Birmingham I mean, if Tucson, yeah. Arizona deigned yeah. to suggest sweet tea as the official beverage. I, I don't see that happening. But, but if you it was also... a prickly pear version, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you're right. Uh, but those are the things. We're going to take a very quick break. You are listening to Around the Table. Chef Manushka Garrier is here with us. My co-host and friend, Matt Russell, trying out that seat. We're hoping to make him love that seat so much he'll visit with us every Friday. If you want to hear Matt Russell, give us a call and urge him. Let's lobby (laughs) him. Let's let's ratchet this pressure up. 520-790-2040. When we come back, the one and only Mo Goldman is here. He has a transformative effect on our community. He's a very generous guy. He's a practitioner of immigration law and he's an all-around mensch that we are welcoming to our show when we get back. This is Around the Table. You're listening to AM 1030 The Voice, trusted local news and talk. That's too much fun. I gotta follow you back. 
Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Around the Table. It's 2.39, oh, 2.40 straight up. I love it when that happens. I usually am able to nail that just right because I like to wait. Sometimes I make you wait with me. I'll wait the three seconds till we get to go right straight up. This is a real treat and a pleasure. As we wrap up our first week in the new time slot, we did the switcheroo with Steve Rivera, and I think this suits us really fine. This beautiful 1 to 3 p.m. slot is when we have a power lunch. And on Friday, it fits especially well. You want to have a two, three-hour lunch on Friday. You want to wander back to the office for about 45 minutes, clean up your email and say, oh, you know what, i got more things to take care of here. Each and every Friday, we are hoping that the one and only Matt Russell will join us in this co-host. How does the seat feel? You know, the seat uh, the seat is awfully comfy. Listen, uh, I, listen, you do that seat regularly. We got to say, this is not the first time you've been in the studio. You're here regularly with DeSimone. You're regularly here with Bill Buckmaster. Right, right. But uh, but uh, I can tell you that uh, I'm not eating tri-tip and drinking tequila on the Bill Buckmaster uh, show. I no, can but you did you. This, you did this crazy like Dutch sipping slurping thing. That the other was day. on Wake Up Tucson, and <laughs> the fact that I was demonstrating the Capstoyus, uh, which is the official cocktail of the Netherlands, the fact that I was actually demonstrating how the proper way and the technique for enjoying a, uh, a cocktail with gin and beer at 7 o'clock in the morning was an, an interesting exercise. Let's just leave it at that. Um, but uh, no, that was a lot of fun. You know what I love about this, though? Your eyes are twinkling. And I, I haven't seen you smiling this. You know, I got to, so so I was talking to you last week when we were at the Agave Heritage Festival yeah. at the Hotel Congress. You were doing a great job emceeing Thank you. that event, sort of kicking everything off. Uh, but you were receptive to coming in. I'm grateful to you for doing that because I think that once your show and the, the, the switcheroos at the other station you were on yeah. uh, left you uh, without a without a, a regular place. And I, I know you're on with D. Simone and Buckmaster regularly, but, but, but something you call your own. I'm, I'm kind of hoping right. one of these um, these blocks might feel like something you want to call your own. Love you. Thank you so much. Uh, Mo Goldman is a friend. He's one of our friends in the business. And one of the things you know that we do on this show is we save a seat at the head of a table for our friend, our guest of honor. And we've got friends in the business, in all different kinds of businesses. In the world of law, Mo Goldman and his family bring a compassion. I mean, it's really uncanny what he's able to do to help people um, make their way. He's here to help tell a story about what goes on in kitchens and in the hospitality industry because they get a really bad rap in the hospitality industry for having immigration issues. But the fact is, talk to Carlotta Flores and all our friends, everybody in the restaurant business in Tucson is in the same boat because there's just not enough people all the time and it's got nothing to do with immigration. And so the issues get convoluted and conflated and the good people that are really doing all the right things, like the Flores family, uh, are, are eager for us to have these conversations with people like Mo Goldman to say, help us get the real straight stories out there right. about what's going on and why are we, even in Tucson, Arizona, having any conversation about this and it's because in in fact, it's an issue everybody in every city around the country is facing when it comes to hospitality. So to get the straight story about what people in Chicago and Miami and New York and Boston and everywhere are facing, it is not a Tucson issue. We've gone to our friend in the business who happens to be a Tucson guy who's going to talk about it from a Tucson perspective. But it really is a global and national issue. Mo Goldman is here to talk about the realities of the hospitality industry. Welcome. Thank you for having me on. How are you guys doing? Awesome. We wish you were here. Hey, um, I think 
Matt is great, and you guys have a, just a wonderful chemistry. So you, you got my vote. Well, to, thank you. Uh, okay, well, that's, that's one to nothing so far. <laughs> so far, you got one. Um, <laughs> two, but, yes, I, I really do appreciate you having me on uh, to talk a little bit about the you know the the impact of immigration, especially on you know the hospitality and service industries. Um, it's interesting. I mean, I, I think back to uh, it was around 2010. I think I was on Fox News um, on their Fox and Friends show doing a uh, an interview about SB 1070, which was the Arizona um, law that tried to enforce some immigration laws. And after I finished on the news that morning, which is a national show, I got a call from a restaurant owner, a guy who owns several restaurants actually in Chicago, who called me up asking how I could benefit or help his uh, business try to you know, legalize or get his workers legal status, the ones that were undocumented. And it was interesting because, you know, I mean, I just did this TV show. You figure that, you know, he probably has consulted other uh, attorneys, but it really does show, I mean, this is not just uh, Arizona-centric issue. It is national and global, um, and and so you're 100% right with that. And what's what's interesting, because you're a Tucson guy, in fact, I'm going to, you and I have talked a little bit, but most of the cases you handle aren't people in the hospitality industry. It's not like your big thing. No, I mean, I I get it. Uh, you know, our, our work is quite diverse, so we get a, a mix. We get people who are in the high-tech industry. We get scientists, doctors, all the way down to, you know, people in, in more labor-intensive jobs and and then you have to mix in families and and asylees and all the other um, immigration issues that do come up. But we definitely get a, a fair share of calls and consultations from people in the uh, hospitality industry. Uh, and, and sometimes we can work with them and help them through the process, but it is a struggle. And I can tell you a little bit about, you know, how that plays out in reality. Um, you know, to to get, I mean, when we're looking at immigration from the perspective of, of the food industry you know, specifically, I, I think you have to look, of course, at agriculture. And, um, you know, there, I think Department of Labor data said that over 50% of our agricultural workforce is currently undocumented. And um, and so it's it's employed by individuals who are out in the fields doing you know really grueling hard work and usually in very difficult um, environments. And then beyond that, you have of course the restaurant industry, and and so it raises the question like, how can we as a country? you know, meet the demand that's out there to bring in foreign labor and legally do so. Um, and and that's, that's a big struggle. I mean, there are only limited types of visas out there for people to come and legally work in the U.S. Um, and when it comes to especially the culinary industry, you're looking at basically seasonal work visas, which are very short-term in nature, called H-2B visas, or O-1 visas are for extraordinary ability um, uh, chefs or, or, or usually people in the 
um, you know, higher levels because of the, you know, you can just get it from the name alone, extraordinary ability. But there's really no middle ground. I mean, you know, what if you're a really good chef or somebody who's got a, a good grasp of your specific uh, niche in that industry, but you're not at that level of extraordinary it's tough. It's hard to get visas to legally work in the United States. And so that's, I think, one of the biggest struggles that a lot of these businesses have is how do you bring them, you know, into the U.S. when there's a demand and there are people out there who do want to come in and, you know, work and, and, and benefit themselves and benefit the United States and all the people who love the diverse, you know, foods and cultures. We uh, are talking to Mo Goldman. Is there anything I can tell you about our desire to make people understand the work you do relative to the hospitality industry? How can I elicit from you your sense of how important uh, the role of immigration is to the sustaining, especially the tourism and the and the hotel and, and hospitality industry in a place like Southern Arizona. How important does this industry rely on guys like you and the work you do? Well, I mean, it's interesting because you look at the entire immigration system. If you look at it from, you know, a more kind of macro perspective, you will see that there are there's just so many little components to it that that fall into place. So, you know, for example, if you want to go through the legal immigration process, you can go online and you can read how the, the process works. But when it really comes down to it, when you're dealing with immigration, you have to navigate through sometimes two or three different um, federal agencies uh, there's a lot of restrictions and, and regulatory um, requirements and oversight that's involved. And so, you know, just looking online or, or talking to somebody and finding out what's required can only take you so far. I mean, it's, it's helpful to have somebody who's a professional who can be able to guide you through the process so that if you're having to go through the Department of Labor requirements, you have to take certain steps and processes to show that you have done uh, a wage determination because one of the, you know, the key aspects to our immigration system, especially when it comes to employing uh, foreign nationals, is that the, the government does not want the uh, the businesses undercutting U.S. Uh, labor, U.S. Mm-hmm. workforce. So they, they do have requirements that you have to do a wage determination and you have to, the, the business has to uh, demonstrate through attestations that they will pay a specific wage and that they will have uh, certain um, you know other requirements that are met, and then beyond that, once you get through that, they also, in in some cases, have to go through recruitment steps to show that they cannot find minimally qualified U.S. citizens to fill those jobs. And so, you know, when you start looking into all the different uh, you know requirements and the red tape involved, I think that's where it becomes critical to have you know, somebody there on your side to help guide you through it. Otherwise, it, all it takes is one misstep along the way, and you're back to 
to square one on it. Mo Goldman and his family are practitioners of international immigration law right here in Tucson, Arizona. Will you tell everyone where they can find you? So I am located in uh, in Tucson, of course, and um, we are over on Ina by La Cañada, but um, our website is immigrant... Oh, Sorry, immigrantvisalawyers.com, immigrantvisalawyers.com, um, or just search Maurice Goldman and you'll find my information. It, it's funny because we are so inundated right now with, as you would can imagine, so many people needing help on immigration. It's like we hardly do any sort of marketing for our office because you almost don't i mean you don't really need to it's just it's it's crazy how busy we've gotten um especially the last few years it's well you're just, busy because you're uh, the best in the business mo goldman well, thank you for being with us will you come in person next time yes i will definitely do so and i will you know be glad to share a lot more information about the um you know the hurdles that we have to go through and you know the processes involved so and i'll bring the i really appreciate it <laughs> I'll bring the tequila, though. And Matt will be there with the tequila, and um, and we'll celebrate. No, definitely, I'll, I'll send you a message, and we'll we'll hook up. Thanks for making time to come be with us. I really appreciate, I appreciate it. it. Thanks, All right, guys. so here's the thing. Uh, I want to go to the phone lines. We've got a caller calling in right now. Tom is on the line. You're on the radio, Tom. Welcome. Welcome to our table. Jennifer and Matt, my two favorite foodies. <laughs> hey, Eve, how are you? I'm good. Listen, thank you for having Mr. Goldman on. I think that he has been really very informative in an area that we don't think of often. So that's all I've got to say, except I want to continue listening to you two guys. You're fabulous. Thank you. I'm getting out of here. I'm going for the tequila. Bye-bye. Okay, well, bye-bye. So, 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 so Tom, Tom Eve, Rotary Tom Eve uh, calls to say thank you so much for having uh, Tom on your show. Uh, and please, do, or of having Mo on your show, and, and please don't make the mistake of having Matt Russell back on. Uh, but anyway, he, uh, Tom is probably still uh, recovering from Taste of Chocolate yeah. uh, at the Doubletree a few weeks ago. So always good to talk to Rotary Tom I heard Tom that Eve. that was good. Yeah. So we should tell you, in case our friend Donna DeConcini doesn't make it uh, on the line, because I know she's at a busy event right now, the good folks at Barbecue for You come out every other weekend to the Broadway Houghton Market that's done by the Southern Arizona Animal Food Bank, and they do this incredible Santa Maria beef, and we're tasting it right now, and it's the best in the state. Gorgeous. Is it barbecue or BBQ for you? It's BBQ for you. Nice. It's gorgeous. And um, this weekend at the Bear Canyon Market, there's a car show. The Obsession Car Show guys are going to mm. be out there, so... You might see me out there, too. Right on. And we've got the big dinner tonight. We've got the Agave Heritage Festival. Do you know that we've got, like, less than five minutes left? You, this, this, how, how does no. time fly? Well, yeah. someone tell John Scott to take an hour break. He can come on at 4 o'clock. I mean, it could be, life is too short. Come on. We've got more tri-tip to eat. we got more tequila to drink. I know. This yeah. is all good. So we have a celebrated chef in our midst. And one of the things I wanted to do with you was to say, what do we want to make sure a connoisseur who likes the high life and the delicious on a quest for the irresistible mm. here in Tucson. What does she not want to miss? What do you want to make sure Manushka 
Chef Manushka does not miss on okay. her tour through town? Well, I mean, to say florists again, I mean, I repeat, I repeat myself. They're, the, uh, you know, they're lovely. The, the, the florist family. And they're friends of ours, and we should say that, but this has nothing to do with the friendship. The friendship is born of respect for the thing that they do, which is the best. I mean, a hundred you can't do this for a hundred years right. and last for a hundred years if you're not doing everything right. That's exactly right. The food is incredible. Yeah. So what, how long are you going to be in town? Uh Sunday or Monday? Oh, uh, Chef Ryan, Ryan Clark. Yes, yes. So you he's, got a, you have a date with Chef Ryan Clark? No, no, no. I well, yeah, yeah. He invited me over there, and he said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. You're, you're, you're a huge fan. We're of working. He does. We're working on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you need to get to know uh, Chef Kyle Nottingham. Uh, and Chef Kyle Nottingham uh, for years uh, did the, um, the 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 spa cuisine uh, world, uh, and now he is a partner uh, with the group that owns a couple of restaurants in town, Commoner and Co, mm-hmm. uh, on Sunrise and Kolb, and two locations of Prep and Pastry. Now, Prep and Pastry uh, is a concept that you are going to be hearing a lot about. Uh, this is a concept that I think is in growth mode. Uh, there are two locations here, and it really is sort of this rustic style of the morning meal. So if you're but it's with, the best. It's the best croissant in Arizona. It's the best croissant. They have the dosant, which is this sort of uh, a donut croissant hybrid. Uh-huh. Uh, they've sort of owned that space here in Tucson. And you know, when I interviewed uh, Kyle about his his journey from spa cuisine to comfort food, I said, "What? Well, this sounds like it's enough to give you whiplash, you know, to go from uh, you know from uh, uh, you know that whole world and wellness to comfort food." And and his answer was, "Yeah, this is great. I can finally use a little butter. <laughs> Why do they want to do that?" Uh, but yeah, prep and pastry uh, certainly put on your uh, your morning or Midday meal because and Boca Tacos. And Boca Tacos for sure uh, down on Fourth Avenue. So Boca Tacos. Chef Maria Maison paints with a palette of flavor. She's extraordinary. She's a friend. Gourmet You'll tacos. Love her stuff. Yeah, gourmet tacos. She reimagines what foldable foods are all about. Yeah. Uh, and so you're going to get a taco at uh, at Boca, for, you know, right from uh, right from her Boca to yours. Uh, you're going to get a a snapshot of what real uh, sort of sonoran cuisine is. This is the only taco place I know of in Tucson where you will not find sour cream. Well, you will not find. Guacamole. Yellow but cheese. I'm going to go crazy here, and you're going to laugh at me when I tell you this. The other thing I'm going to make sure you eat, there are two things. Chicken and waffles at the Drunken Chicken. Yes. It's the best chicken and waffles in town. Not too far from Boca. No, right and yeah. Chef and Chef Ben and, uh, and the guys over there, they do an amazing job. It's it's crazy. I don't know. The best fried chicken in town, of course, my favorite is at Gus Ballon's. I don't know if we'll have time to get you there, but I cannot absolutely have you miss the Derby Toast on Derby Day yes. at the Coronet. <laughs> yes. It's this incredible barrio bread from Don Guerra turned into an extravaganza by Chef El- Moody Elbarasi. Yeah, he's a hero. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Coronet right on the corner of uh, of 4th Avenue and I think 9th Street. And then we'll wander down the lane and go into Revel and she'll have a glass of champagne. Uh, oh, for just a fun urban wine scene uh, run by a level 2, uh, maybe and, level and 3 And what song? if we get her some Chiltepica, the Chiltepine, because she's got to put some Chiltepine in Sawyer so that she has a taste uh, of Tucson, oh wherever she rolls. Oh, okay, I need to. Can I come? Can I come on this journey <laughs> yes, with you, please? I'll, maybe I'll chaperone. <laughs> All right, Matt Russell, thank you so much. Cheers, babe. Thanks, Chef Manushka. Did you have any fun? I had the best time. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming. We'll see you tonight at the incredible event as the culmination of the world's agave heritage festival, Spirit of the World, at the Carriage House tonight. Tony Abuganum is going to be there. From 6 to 8 p.m., there's still tickets available. We'll see you there. And as always, 
I want to say thank you for this extraordinary week and remind you that when we come to you live from the City of Gastronomy, it is because this is the most delicious place on the planet. Each and every day from 1 to 3 p.m., we will be here welcoming you to the seat at the head of our table as our guest of honor. Join us as the most interesting and influential tastemakers do each and every week as well. Have a great weekend. We'll see you out there. Hug your kids and count your blessings.